You're listening to the pre-snap podcast presented by LineStar. Insight and analysis from the minds of fantasy football experts. Fantasy football advice and strategy from two of the top minds in the game. It's time to lock it in and win. Here are your hosts, Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. It's me, it's Michael Rathburn, and we are here breaking down week six. Can you believe it already? It's week six in the NFL. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, week five has come and gone, and uh, we are looking ahead already to week six. Can you believe it, Rath, that we're already here? I mean... It's a third of the way through the season already. Yeah, uh, these NFL the NFL season goes by fast, and we don't really have time to look in the rearview mirror. But um, you know, it's something that we got to always take into context. And look, last week we got to remember that, um, especially at the quarterback position, it was almost like if you outside of Aaron Rodgers and Brady wasn't on the slate, but nobody was on Rodgers because the wide receivers were banged up. And he ended up being the number one quarterback, and he was one of the lowest owned. But if you look at a lot of the quarterbacks that finished in the top 10 last week, they were not projected in, like, the top 15. So the quarterback position got kind of turned upside down last week, and it really kind of uh, screwed around with some. And then there were just some duds. There was a lot of duds that were chalk. And so it just made it for a very tough week, especially in cash games for me and I know for a lot of other guys that I talk to. So it's one of those things where – you lick your wounds and you look and see if you made any gross mistakes. Uh, and well, I saw we'll one of our listeners here. He was, he was tweeting me on Sunday night. He was winning 20 grand. So uh, we did some good, oh, wow. some plot. So, nice. you know, I got a tweet from there. I, I uh, forget that. I'll have to go back and look at the, the Twitter through it again. But uh, that was certainly a positive. That's for sure. So I'm glad yeah. that's working out. Uh, but, you know, it continues that trend. You mentioned the quarterbacks, that trend of, this is through five weeks of the season, the most touchdowns ever scored offense is way up. Therefore you're seeing some of these quarterback performances wrath that are, I don't want to say unexpected, but certainly above projection sometimes of what we think is going to be just because simply defense is just not what it used to be in terms of what you're allowed to do. And also the penalties and how they're that's affecting field position and quarterbacks are taking advantage of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just been, you know, we've had to adjust. And I think one of the things that I would advise players to do is adjust your quarterback projections in terms of what you're looking for, for value. Um, now I know cash lines came down last week and they kind of normalized a little bit, but um, you know, oftentimes we were looking at two and a half times or three times uh, value on a quarterback in cash games. I think you got to bump that up to three or three and a half times now based on the landscape that we're in from a wide receiver perspective. I'm not really bumping up the value that I'm looking for, but I'm just dropping down and picking more guys in the mid tier. So just I'm bumping up the quarterbacks. I'm not, you know, you I, did too. I did the yeah. same exact thing when you I know, was 18 to, 20, 18 to 20, 18 to 20 points isn't cutting it. You really you know, need to go over 20. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, 24. Yep. I agree 100% with that. And it's tricky because you look at it week six is kind of tough because you have Mahomes and Brady in the night game. And then you have Rogers on Monday night. So when you're looking at week six, we're back to that same thing of, okay, we have to look at the rest of this group, the, maybe the non super elite quarterbacks and say, how do we get to that 20 plus? And we're going to help you through all of that too. Uh, from a Vegas angle, there's three games with totals over 50 uh, and they're considered now when, when you're talking about those, you know, how do you feel about that when you're approaching the, the three games that are over, over 50 this week in terms of, do you just go all in on one of those games or do you spread the risk over a few at a time? Uh, you have to pick a lane and look, there's a chance that all three of them are not going to go over the total. So what I'm going to do is pick, pick the one I think is going to go way over uh, one that might fall in line with it. And then one that I think is going to go under. And then the one I think is going to go under would be the game I'm going to fade. So we'll talk about that. There is a considerable amount of games this week that have a total of 45 or less. And the spread is zero to three. So there's just a lot of commonality. And there's not a lot of, um, so matchups to me, matchups mean a lot more this week than ever before because the Vegas angle isn't there as what we're used to. And you had mentioned about quarterbacks. Don't forget 
no Breeze, no Stafford, no Rodgers, uh, no Wentz. And so the quarterback right, pool no is too. depleted. I'm kind of I'm kind of known for that. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm salty by naming the players that aren't in the slate, but it does make a difference. And we'll talk about it because I got real salty about tight end this week, and I went off and named everybody uh, that's <laughs> not in the player pool. So, um, you know, that's just well, something that you because I, I think what it, I think what you're trying to do by doing that is is get people to understand. Look, if all these guys are out of it, you're taking you're taking potential big performances out of the picture. Right. I know some of these other guys have had big performances, but you're taking the guys who, ha- who are generally around the 25 point threshold out of that picture, which means if you can hit on the guy that is left, who's going to hit that number and they're in a decent ownership. That's a, that's a big difference maker in tournaments. I think that's what you're going to get at. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, six quarterbacks that are arguably top 10, top 12 are not in the player pool this week. So, you know, that's something that we do. We have to be very aware of and just know that, um, there may be quarterbacks, and I think there's a couple this week that are very interesting. There's a couple of very good quarterbacks that are projected at very low ownership that, to me, I'm very surprised how low owned they are projected. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and we'll get to those coming up pretty soon. Uh, last week, look, you absolutely nailed the Falcons fading all of them. They went into Pittsburgh and did not look good. And, you know, on the flip side of that, too, bad job by us because, you know, we had seen the trend with Connor going negatively, and we were hoping that maybe they would turn it around and start balancing that offense in Pittsburgh a little bit. They did indeed do that last week. Huge day from Connor. I mean, we look, we are first and foremost, me especially, as the president of the who is Atlanta Falcons playing this week. Oh, good. Let me get that running back who can catch the ball in the backfield. I was just concerned that they weren't going to give him the volume because of what the trend was, which was going in the wrong direction. That trend corrected itself, and certainly Connor had himself a big day. But we were also right about the Rams' passing game, and we were dead on, both of us, about Seattle keeping that game close. Yep. And so that was another one, too. Now, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't Baldwin. It was Lockett again. And uh, the running game, too, the Seattle Seahawks running game, which yep. I got to tell you, in this London game coming up this week, I got my eye on it because – they are running the ball very effectively. And it's, look, I mean, you can run against the Rams. They're averaging five yards a carry. And we're going to talk about that maybe later on with Denver. But, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, I think that offense is starting to to show itself for what it is a little bit. And I think uh, when you're looking this week, too, against Oakland, there might be opportunity in that whole game where everybody's talking about Marshawn against Seattle. Maybe, Rath, they should be talking about the Seattle running backs and Carson against Oakland. Yeah, um, that's going to be, you know, as I watched the the games this week, um, Seattle had massive holes. Whether it was Mike Davis or Chris Carson, they had massive holes they to did. run through. And so that certainly opened my eyes. And then, you know, Russell Wilson loves taking deep shots, and he took a lot of deep shots in this game, in, in that game last week. And David Moore is a guy that I actually talked about uh, with somebody else uh, Friday evening, I said that there's a $3,000 guy floating out there that whose snap count, you know, went way up. I'm probably going to have a little bit of them. Um, unfortunately, uh, my David Moore shares didn't offset my Doug Baldwin shares. So <laughs> no, I know, but I and did have some Baldwin David Moore. Look, there was um, good logic there with Baldwin because it was a second game back. We thought uh, the first game little I, limited and look, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, this is yeah. why we play the game, right? We, we do our best to put everything in the right situation and uh, a lot of things we did in the right situation and hopefully this week we'll continue to put you in the right situation to win we're going to hit a break and when we come back we're going to do our game previews right here on the pre-snap you're listening to us right here on the line star app joe and rath will be right back right after this the pre-snap podcast is brought to you by line star transparent projections simplified research advanced signals and top rated apps dominate dfs download for free at linestarapp.com all right welcome back everybody let's start with the seahawks and raiders because that's where we left off it's gonna be in london it's a uh, one o'clock over on the east coast so uh, different time. It's not that uh, early morning game. So that's interesting how that's going to happen. Uh, Seattle opened at two and a half. And uh, right now the total went from uh, 47 and a half to 48 and a half. Look, you know, those London games are always tough because it's not a home game for anybody. So there's no real advantage there. And we've seen sometimes some teams go there and have great success that we didn't expect and other teams, you know, vice versa. So uh, when you're looking at this one, 
I, I looked at it and I'm going to continue pushing this, that Carson and, and all the holes and all the opportunities. I understand Davis had the touchdown. I get that. But I think the volume of Chris Carson and the price so far have been something that I'm very intrigued by, but how do you see this all breaking down from a game flow perspective? So let's talk about, um, you know, we talked about that Seattle game. Look, they played a very tough home division game against the Rams. They gave the Rams everything they had, which is what I thought would happen. But they were able to move the ball on the ground quite a bit. And that was impressive to me because we know that Seattle's offensive line isn't very good. It definitely shows that there's chinks in the armor in the Rams defense as well. The Raiders let me down big time last week. I actually thought they were going to pull the upset against the Chargers, and they played an egg. Uh, as I watched that game, the Chargers got heavy pass rush on Derek Carr, and that wasn't to be expected because the Chargers really haven't been able to generate much of a pass rush this year outside of the Bills game. So the context of this game is we have two West Coast teams that are traveling all the way to London, and we've got a Seattle team that played an exhausting game last week, and then you've got an Oakland team. Uh, do it. this, this to me screams shootout. I don't see either team playing a lot of defense. And I think the Raiders bounce back. I think this is a, uh, desperation game for the Raiders. And I think this game is going to be wide open. I'm predicting 34, 27 and, uh, certainly, you know, games stack away because the ownership is not going to be in that top tier. Like some of the other games. And this game is going to be should be relatively close. And uh, so that's how I'm looking at it. I think as much as you can take confidence out of a loss, I think Seattle took it out of last week. Yeah, I know they lost to the Rams and it was disappointing, but I think right now the Rams are the measuring stick. And if you can hang with them, I think they I feel like you leave that game and go, all right, we, we can we can compete here. And I think that that is a big positive. Sometimes there's positive losses. And I think that's one for Seattle. And I look for them to put up a big day as well. I agree with you. Let's go over to the Bears at Dolphins. The Bears are coming off a buy in this one, and then it worries me a little bit. I'll get to it in a second. Bears opened at minus two and a half. Now that's gone to three and a half. Total basically is hovering around 44. It opened now. It's down to 42. The Dolphins defense is better than people give it credit for, and the special teams too, which we got to keep in mind, you know, the explosiveness of Jakeem Grant and some of the things that they've done on special teams this year have been real momentum swingers. And I'm, my concern with this one, Raph, is that the Bears potentially might come off flat after that big blow performance where, you know, it's like, Hey, six touchdowns for Trubisky. We're rocking and rolling. Lee look great. All these things. And then, you know, there's that potential when you go on the road and like you said, those non-conference road Mm -hmm. games to lay a turd and as good as the bears defense is. And as as at times you look at that Florida offense, I've said Miami offense and you go, "Eh, you know, it's very up and down and inconsistent. I think this one is going to be a lot tighter than people think. Yeah. Look, um, the line went from two and a half to three and a half. So that's interesting that it crossed over, but 42 is low in this day and age and this football landscape, 42 total definitely screams out, you know, at this point. And I agree with a lot of what you said, look, bears coming up a bye, huge blowout win against the bucks. The bears defense is locked in right now. I think it's gonna be very hard for Miami to move the ball against them. Uh, Miami coming off of what should have been a solid road win against Cincinnati, and they found a way to blow the game. So I think Miami comes in looking at its wounds a little bit. Uh, Their defense has played well outside of the Patriots game, I agree. Their offense isn't very good. I can certainly see the Bears going in and kind of grinding this game out. From a fantasy perspective, I don't like anybody in the game outside of the Bears defense. But uh, I've got the game Bears 19, Dolphins 13. It could be ugly, and I see it going way under. Yeah, I can I can definitely get behind that. Colts at Jets, uh, minus three and a half moved to minus two and a half. The total went from 45 and a half is now just flat at 45. You know, when you look at this one too, this one's a lot about who's not playing and who might play and who is playing. So you got Crowell, who could be out, in which case Powell can go in there. We know Hilton's going to be out again, which means Chester Rogers, who two weeks in a row, Raph, 11 targets. He caught eight of them two weeks in a row. So Chester Rogers certainly, I think, has to be in everybody's sphere right now. You have to be aware of what's going on there. Uh, Naheem Hines certainly will be active too. Eric Ebron's got a host of different injuries. I know he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, I think they're just trying to get him to that game. So with all these injuries, 
where are you going? Are, are you buying into the volume of Chester Rogers? I know I am. I'm curious if you are here in this road contents for Indianapolis. Yeah, Chester Rogers fits that cash game profile that we're looking for. Uh, a lot of targets, cheap, and uh, I've got the game high scoring, and uh, we'll talk about why. But um, the Colts come into the game off of uh, the Thursday night blowout against the Pats. It was a horrible spot for them. Couldn't have expected them. To, you know, They had a ton of injuries. And the Jets, which we were all over the Jets last week as far as knocking off the Broncos at home, and the Jets ran the ball all over the Broncos last week. Uh, Crowell and we've cost. talked about that too, Rath, on the yeah. show. That you know, last year's Denver defense was terrible against. Now nah, this defense is this defense is not the same. It's not the uh, same. The pass rush is better, but I just don't think the holes good against the running. The either. holes that Crowell had yeah. were just massive. I mean, he was just running through. So I mean, mega holes. Two yeah. years in a row. This you know, don't be fooled by great talent and great pass rush to thinking that necessarily makes him a great defense. Yeah, and look though, here's the thing: is um we got to eat crow on Andrew luck at this point because sure. I wasn't on him, and you know, I have no problem doing it and I'll talk about him later, but the Colts can't run the ball right now. So he's throwing the ball a ton. The jets have started to give up points to the quarterback and their secondary is banged up. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, I think this total is suppressed. Um, a little surprised, you know, it's the jets totals are always going to be low. That Denver total was very low last week and we saw what happened the Jets, uh, that game went way over the total. And I think the same thing is going to happen here. I think that the Colts are going to be able to put up some points. I've got the game 29-24. And I really think Andrew Luck with Rodgers, Ebron, or Hines, you know, I think you're going to get some really good value on a Colts stack. Low-owned, cheap. And that's something that we're going to talk about. But So you have I, the over here for sure. Yeah, I think That's this game is going to go significantly over the total. Uh, I don't see um, the Colts defense is not what it was at the beginning of the season. We're starting to see the Jets defense, especially with Scrine and Shermaine Johnson being out. Um, you know, these these two defenses are not what they were. And I think that total is is certainly uh, one that's a little bit misleading. Uh, you know, the total projects a 23-21 type of game, and I don't see that at all. I think both teams... Uh, look, Donald was able to move the ball against them last week, and I think he'll be able to move the ball again against the Colts. All right, going from the Colts, who have no running game, over to the Texans, who have no running game either. Uh, Sands, Deshaun Watson, who I think led the team uh, on Sunday night in rushing yards. Look, it's going to be all thrown here against Buffalo yet again, I think. I just, I'm not buying Lamar Miller. Dante Foreman is still a couple weeks away here from being healthy. Uh, this game opened at nine and a half for the Texans now up to 10, the totals 41. And, and, you know, I understand the bills a couple weeks ago went into Minnesota and, and shocked the world. Right. But I think that's just that would, I think it's just an outlier and you can't pay attention to it. The bills offense struggles to get first downs. They struggle to move the chains. And look at this point, it is what it is. The question is, is there enough left here for Deshaun Watson and company because there's no running game where it doesn't matter you know, in terms of them running out the clock is still going to be Deshaun Watson throwing the football ref. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty interesting in that um, Alfred blue who played last week for Lamar Miller, his numbers were horrible, but he actually had some pretty good runs when you watch the tape. And I know he had a good game in the receiving, but yeah, the offensive line just can't create holes to run which is um, the bills have been good against the pass, but I don't think this is a very good spot for them on the road against this defense. Uh, Texans defense at home, certainly better than they are on the road. Watson's put up four monster games in a row. I know he's dealing with a chest injury, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. It's a very bad spot for the bills. And I think the Texans are going to be able to, I've got the game 26, 10. Uh, I, I think it could be a little bit more than that, but I didn't want to go too crazy. I don't think the Bills have any value here. I think the Texans defense certainly does. And I like Watson in the game because, like you said, the run game is, you know, he's he's just able to get yards himself on the ground. And four games in a row where I think he's put up like 25 points. So Yeah, I, I love Watson this week. When we're talking about quarterbacks, you're looking when guys are not on the, you know, the elite guys or many yeah, of them are off the slate. He's one of those tournament guys I was talking about. Yeah. I think he's a really good tournament play. His ownership is a very low projection. 
Yeah, and I, I've got him already and before he even came into this show today, and that's who I've got in a bunch of lineups there. And for the same reason, I just I you know, he's he's that show right now. And then when the yep. guy is the show, just like Russell Wilson last year, yep. that means fantasy points. And I think that's a that's a big win. And All they right. got three wide receivers now that they can go to. Hey, they do. You know, QT certainly has proven mm-hmm. that he there's enough to go around there. Yep. And look, Watson has I know there's that first week was a little slow on the uptick, but after that, he's been very good. And and there there's no reason to worry about Deshaun Watson right now. I think this is a great opportunity. And I also think that inability of Buffalo to convert first downs is going to really put a strain on a defense that's not that terrible, especially yep. in the secondary, but they're just going to get tired and oh, tired yeah. against uh, the likes of DeAndre Hopkins is not a good thing. I just am putting that out there, kids. All right, Bucks at Falcons. Uh, this is a big one. Everybody's got their eye on this one, and with good reason. This one's in Atlanta. It opened with the Falcons minus three and a half. Now it's minus three. The total went from 57 to 57 and a half. Look, it's the biggest total, and I think it can go over it. And I know sometimes these totals can be, you know, potentially, uh, you know, traps. I don't see how. I mean, Tampa's played zero defense. Atlanta won't tackle anyone i mean the tackling of atlanta this sunday was uh, just atrocious wrath it was it, as a football fan you just want to get up and just throw something at the tv and i don't i don't even like the steelers or the falcons i'm just mad yeah. at the lack of tackling that you saw and i know they have a lot of injuries and i know they're playing second tier guys but it doesn't matter it just seemed like they didn't have the will and that's dangerous because this looks all to me like another one of these 33 31 kind of overtime ish games yeah, I think it, I'm actually projecting a 38, 34 bucks. Yeah. Um, I think the Falcons stick a fork in them. I said it last week. Uh, do you think they just fold up the tents here, even though it, I do? I, well, here's the thing. They're not they're not just going to quit. They no, just don't, I mean, they don't no, have I mean, the horses. They don't have the horses. And yeah. I think it's I think they're going to be they're in a very and tough the Freeman spot. Injury doesn't help either. Yeah, they're in a very tough spot again this week. The Bucks coming off a bye. The Bucks, you know, have something to play for here. Uh, these games have been high scoring and uh, I, I like Winston being able to bounce back. I certainly love both quarterbacks in this spot, but I think uh, Winston Evans is certainly going to be something that you're going to want to look at. Uh, Atlanta is in a very difficult spot. And unfortunately, you know, a team that looked like they could have made a run at the Super Bowl just got crushed by injuries. And uh, I think the Bucks pull this one out. All right. Let's dive in a little deeper in this one because Let's go bring back the earlier discussion about James Conner. And let's talk about, again, Atlanta not being able to stop running backs, especially those who catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, a lot has been made in the preseason that Ronald Jones struggled at that. We see Ronald Jones getting more opportunity of late. Peyton Barber still hanging around. Is there any anything in terms of, well, look, it's a tournament shot. You take it, and, and maybe Ronald Jones does emerge here. Because it's, I mean, talk about low ownership, talk about low salary, all those things meet. Is there enough now where even last week with Connor, where we just say, we just have to go there in a lineup, just one, just because of what we've seen so much from Atlanta over the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. I know that Ronald Jones name has been popping up on the radar. Temptation, for- and I want to hear your thoughts about it. I, I'm not on him right now. That's not to say that my mind couldn't change. Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to really look at it further and 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 see how the lineup construction would play out uh i'm more on the bucks pass game but certainly we do realize that the falcons are vulnerable um well with that being said too if they are vulnerable especially with the linebackers and whatnot does that also open up things ronald, jones doesn't, ronald jones doesn't catch passes well that's the problem is is ronald jones doesn't catch passes so but i don't think peyton barber is enough for me to get excited about either see where i keep going with this argument to jacques rogers well, Jacquees Rogers would wouldn't that just be the end all be all right? He's done it before. I know he has. I, I he's know been he at three K. He's been a three K special, put up eighteen, twenty points, and it's it's crazy, but he's done it. Well, he's done it, and if there's an opportunity for him to do it, that would be it. And the other guy too is Cameron Brait, who with OJ Howard still banked up to me. I mean, you know, I know Brait's a little touchdown dependent, but this is a spot here where I think there's gonna be a lot of touchdowns to go around and with what we've seen that Winston and Deshaun Jackson have just never been on the same page since Jackson's been there. Uh, to me, this is an opportunity for Bray too to attack this team, this this Atlanta defense over the middle. And I think Bray is another one of those guys that, look, again, very cheap and certainly with a high total has a lot of appeal this week. Yeah, we'll talk about Bray a little bit later. Um, I'm we'll probably going to 
anger. Uh, I'm going to anger some people on here. Oh, good. Maybe you'll anger me. Who knows? All right, let's do one more before we break here. Let's talk about the Steelers at Bengals. Uh, this is one that can get a little chippy. This is an in-division matchup that historically these two teams, ton of penalty points. They don't like each other. This game tends to get nasty and a lot of wacky things can happen. They can really skew fantasy points. We've seen it happen many, many times in the past. The Bengals at minus two and a half, now minus one. That's where the open and close came to. And total 54 is now down to 52 and a half. Oh, it's a big win. They came off the Steelers. There's no doubt about that. But this Bengals defense with mix, uh, excuse me, this Bengals offense with Mixon back in the fold uh, to me is very tough. And that Steeler defense has really still shown you that it's, it's, I'm just not buying in. Okay. I'm just, I'm not buying into Pittsburgh. I know last week they played better. I'm not buying into it. I like the Bengals in this one. I'm curious how you see the game uh, straightening up here as we look forward to Sunday. Yeah, typically the Steelers have been a team that you want to fade on the road. And uh, certainly I can't argue with that based on the history. It's a division game. It's a road game. Uh, the way that I have this game playing out, I think that both teams are going to want to establish the run. And if you remember, I know the Ravens defense is certainly legit. And, and But remember the total in the Steelers-Ravens game? I believe it was 51 or something like that. The game went way under the total. Well, that's... Uh, that was a stupid total. I mean, anybody yeah, who's ever yeah. watched NFC, I, yeah. I mean, so who can watch I, AFC North and think that that total in that game is going to happen? Right. So I have a feeling that this week could potentially be similar to that. Not as low, but I think this game's going under the total. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the Steelers are a little bit more desperate to win here than the Bengals. The Bengals are kind of playing with house money right now. They, they pulled out that win last week. I think if the Bengals had lost last week, I may go, I may have leaned a little bit towards them, but I think the Steelers, what they're going to do here is I think that they are going to uh, look at establishing the run with Connor like they did last week. And they don't want to go on the road and throw the ball 50, 60 times. I think they're going to grind it out. I think it's uh, I've got 24, 20 Bengals. And if that's the case, then there's a good chance I'm going to be wait 24, 20. You mean Steelers over Bengals? Right? Sorry. Yes. Oh, okay. I just want to be sure. Cause I'm yeah. listening to you pump up the Steelers and then you pick the yeah, Bengals. 20, <laughs> 24, 20, uh, Steelers. And if you, if you read into it, uh, this will be the fate of the week for me as far as the passing game goes. I agree. I agree. You know, if the Steelers were smart and this is a big, if they would continue the more balanced attack there and really get Connor going because Andy Dalton's played very well since laser took over. I mean, he really has, I mean, there's been some picks here and there, but they've been picks where it's better. It's been, you know, them trying to be aggressive and make plays, not just, you know, just, just unassuming bad interceptions. So for me, I'm looking at the Bengals and I actually think this one, I love your score, but I'm going to go the other route with it. I think Cincinnati pulls it out. I feel like this is a team that's got a lot of confidence right now. And I think they smell blood in the water with Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to go after it. All right. We're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to talk about the Vikings and Cardinals and a whole lot more. You're listening to the pre-snap right here with Joe and Rath. We'll be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar, the most advanced, easy to use, and affordable DFS data on the market. Download in the app store and start your free trial now. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. We've got Cardinals at Vikings. Vikings, obviously a big favorite in this one, 10 and a half. The total is 43. We know Thielen's just been brilliant. Uh, Cousins really getting rolling. And, you know, we talked about wins that are, uh, excuse me, losses that are actually wins. Well, look what happened to the Minnesota Vikings with a loss to the Rams, but they were hanging tight in there. And then they went into Philadelphia and won that game. And I think now they're starting to, they got their mojo back basically. And I think the defense has as well. It's a tough spot for Rosen and this Arizona Cardinal offense to come in to play in minnesota especially now i think the vikings i think the vikings were drinking their own kool-aid a little bit to start the year and they got punched in the mouth a couple times and now i think they've woken back up so the beast has been awoken and the question uh, i ask you rath is from fantasy terms what can we dive into that we think might be useful for us in dfs what's tough about this game is the unknown about the Vikings running game with cook, not being hundred percent and where they're actually going to go because the Cardinals aren't very good against the run. And if we just knew that one of these running backs was going to get 20 to 25 touches, it would really make life a lot easier. And as a 10 point home favorite with a low total, that certainly screams cash game running back. Unfortunately, we don't have that. And 
I'm while I love the cousin stealing digs combo, and I and I was on it last week. I'm not sure I love it this week. The way that the the way that the Vikings have typically played at home is uh, they don't typically play shootouts. They win with their defense, and they win like 24-10, 24-13, 27-13. That's what they've done over the last three years. And I know that they've had some issues with their defense recently, but I do agree. I think this is a correct-yourself spot. Uh, this is a very bad spot for the Cardinals. They got a very lucky win last week. I think this number could have been approaching 14 if they didn't win the game last week. So, uh, again, it's a very bad spot for the Cardinals. I don't see how they're going to be able to score. And I can see the Vikings leaning on the run game, whoever it ends up being, uh, and and their defense. So I've got it 27-13. Outside of Thielen and maybe some Vikings defense, I don't know if I'll have a lot of of action here. Are we going to get a David Johnson big game all year? Uh, yeah, I just think this isn't the right spot. Uh, but it's certainly, it's certainly going to be coming, but, uh, so is winter wrath. I mean, geez, well, they've got a tough, <laughs> they've got a tough schedule. They've got a tough, yeah, schedule. and I know the quarterback transition thing is always tough too, and, you know, bringing on a rookie and stuff, but it's so tempting. You see that DJ price down in more of that mid tier running back and it's, it's very tempting, but it's, it's hard to imagine him getting a substantial amount of touchdowns or big time breakout stuff where it becomes a huge difference maker. Like, you know, he's priced kind of in the same vein as guys like Mixon. And frankly, you know, I, I mean, I think there's a lot to like with both of them, but I, I understand that the, there's a cap to that Arizona offense a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. It, it's the cap. Yeah. The it's cap that Rosen puts for a running back with a yeah. rookie quarterback, unless it's a situation like Dak and they've got a great offensive line and, other pieces, but yeah, tough. It's a tough spot for the Cardinals this week. And I, I don't, I don't see owning anybody. I mean, the one thing that is interesting is Larry Fitzgerald's price is all the way down to 4,500 on DraftKings. All right. I want to talk about the Chargers at Browns. Let's open it. Browns plus one. Now it's Browns minus one. And the total is 46 now, 44 and a half. Uh, look, I think Cleveland, you want to talk about a team playing with house money. You want to talk about a team that I think has no pressure on it at all. I think it's Cleveland. I think Baker Mayfield right now is out there slinging and just feeling good about life. They've already exceeded everybody's win total, you know, and they're being competitive in games. And I feel like that is super dangerous because I look at a team like the Chargers that's soft on D without Boza there for the pass rush. I look at a team that doesn't always travel well either. And I, I look at the Chargers and I say, this is another one to me that has Cleveland Browns potential W written all over it. And and it's just because I think there's a lot of pressure on the chargers need to keep winning games. If they want to keep pace here over in the AFC West with Kansas city and the Browns just don't care. Like the Browns are just like, Hey, we're here. We're playing football. We're having fun. And I think that makes them super dangerous. I agree. But um, I think a lot of the Browns to me is their defense. And 100%. They're playing, yeah. They're playing with some swag on defense. Denzel Ward. I know a lot of people were very surprised about the pick. And that they didn't go running back early, but boy, they landed a guy. And no, I I thought the Ward pick was was excellent. Yeah, I think because he's I think already, he's kind of like their Jalen. He's like their Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he's well, already. It also makes Miles Garrett and everybody on the front so much more effective too. Yeah, you know, when yeah, you can you lock can down see, one like, guy, you can see a big difference in this defense with Denzel Ward in the in the secondary. So I really like him. Um, this to me was one of the most difficult games to look at this week because. It doesn't look like it's a great spot for the Chargers, but the Browns coming off of that huge home divisional game against the Ravens over time, all the way down to the end, do they get back up for this game? Uh, And that's, I think is interesting that this total has dropped by a point and a half. I think it could be weather related. Uh, It looks like temperatures initially were going to be in the forties. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think that, the Chargers' defensive effort last week is also helping bring down this total, along with the Browns' 12-12-9 score. That's why the total has come down. And I do think the total is very accurate. I think this is going to be a very close game in the 40s uh, within a field goal. And I've got the game Browns 22-19. But I could very easily see San Diego, uh, L.A. I'm still going to keep doing it. That's the all right. Chargers, the Chargers uh, could win. I think it's a bad spot for them uh and i don't think i mean their pass rush looked good last week but other than that 
I don't know. I, I, I just think the Browns are, are for real. And uh, very interesting that they're now favored in this game. All right. The Panthers are going to go on the road at the Washington Redskins. Redskins got their doors blown off Monday night against uh, New Orleans. It's look right now, Redskins minus one. That's um, I don't know. I'm, is that not surprising to you? Because it's surprising to me. Total 45. I, I don't know why the Redskins are getting any sort of love here. And I know you're giving them love too. I just feel like the Panthers are going to, I just don't think the Washington Redskins are a very good football team right now. I just don't. And uh, convince me otherwise I'm going to sit there and I'm going to hear you say smart things and tell me why you think that the Redskins can actually pull this one out against the Panthers. Uh, I think a lot of what your opinion is, is maybe recency bias. I mean, look, they went into new Orleans on Monday night, drew Brees setting records, Mark Ingram coming back. That was a very bad spot for Washington. I agree. I absolutely agree. It was not a good spot for Washington. They had played better at home. And so that from that perspective, uh, I, look, the Panthers got a gift last week, and this Panthers defense is not the imposing defense. Like, they've given up 30 points a few times here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a tough, low-scoring – when I say low-scoring, I mean low-scoring. I, I think, like, they let teams back in it. Yeah, they and they, they've kind of historically done that, though. That's yeah. actually been their MO. That's what I mean. They've had a good defense, but they always seem to be one of these yeah. teams that lets teams back in it. And I'm going to say this about Washington. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. They are better at home. But what I'm going to – my problem with Washington is their inability to move the ball downfield. Yep. No, you just took – so what I was right. going to say is the Giants were able to land huge chunk plays right. against this Panthers defense. The Redskins don't have the personnel to do it. Nope. And Richardson and Crowder are probably not going to play. So it's it's a very hard game for me to handicap. If those two receivers are out uh, and they lean more on Peterson, who had a dislocated shoulder and they popped it back in, I'm going to lean even more towards the under because I just don't, I think the Panthers are going to want to run McCaffrey on the road. And I think that the Redskins are going to want to run Peterson. So I could see the game going more 2017. A lot is going to depend on the situation with the wide receivers. And if they're out, it's going to be very hard for the Redskins to move the ball in the air. So um, this game could end up being under. I'm not in love with anybody in this game, really probably outside of cam. I don't mind McCaffrey as well. Cause I, I'll go back to him again. I think he got one catch last week, which is which is a joke. Um, but I, I don't mind them. I don't mind the Panthers as floor plays because uh, you know McCaffrey gets so much volume and Cam's price is so cheap and he gets forty yards rushing. Yeah, well, the rushing yards and I think they'll be there too. But like I said, especially with those injuries, man, already a team that can't push the ball downfield. That's that's where the Panthers are susceptible. And I think if you kind of play their game and you keep it close in that five yard flat kind of area kind of it's I just think you're playing right into the strength of what Carolina Panthers defense is all right the Rams were rolling right now they're going to travel into Denver there's rumors it could be some snow for that game so that'll be fun we'll see what happens with that the Rams are minus seven right now the total is 52 and a half now it's down to 52 flat um the one thing about the Rams is as I mentioned at the top of the show five yards per carry they're giving up and you're looking at Philip Lindsay coming off another decent game and he's getting somewhere in that, you know, 15 carries, 60 yards in the touchdown vein. Do you think there's the opportunity here for a big 100-yard day from Lindsey where he breaks one? Because just because it's a good defense and the Rams' defense is very good, it doesn't mean they don't have a weakness. And it seems like their weakness is their ability to give up points to running backs. There is, but I'm not going with Lindsey. I think this is the – I think this is going to be the Royce Freeman game that we've been waiting for. Why is that? Why is it Freeman? Uh, he's just a better running back, and I think that early on he's going to get opportunity, and I could see him uh, really seizing opportunity and breaking off a couple of big runs and then just taking control of the game. Uh, this game to me, look, both defenses are very vulnerable right now, and with the temperature and with the snow, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, historically it does mean that there is lower scoring, but it's light snow and I I just the way that both teams are playing right now on defense, it's pretty ugly. Uh, The jets move the ball all over the Broncos. The Seahawks move the ball all over the Rams. It's a second road game now for the Rams. They had to go to Seattle. Now they have to go to Denver, Uh, arguably two of the toughest places to play on the road in the NFL. 
It's a non-conference road game. I'm not sure about the motivation here. I talked about Gurley last week. I still think there's going to be a ton of Gurley in this game as well because we we absolutely saw what Crowell did last week. So Gurley could be in store for a huge game. Oh, a huge game. I and some of, these, some of these uh, Ram wide receivers got concussions last week. You know, I know they're practicing, but I'm going to lean again towards saying that this is going to be another Todd Gurley game. I'm not really interested in any of the air attack for the Rams. And on the Broncos side, I wouldn't mind having a piece of Freeman. All right. Fair enough. They're not a piece of Freeman. Okay. Let's uh, continue to move on here. Uh, let's go to the Jaguars at Cowboys. Jags open at minus two. It's moved down to minus three. The total one forty one and a half now at 41 flat. So look in this one, another Fournette out. He's going to be out for another couple of weeks. It seems like they're going to try to wait through, through the bye to get him a hundred percent. We'll see if that ever actually happens this year or not. But in the meantime, Yeldon's been very effective. Yeldon's given this offense, uh, I think a, a much needed kind of juice. And I think that his ability to catch the ball to the backfield and his ability to be a guy that it seems like Bortles can really rely on has really opened up this offense in a much different way. Last year was very closed off. It was hand the ball, hand the ball, hand the ball, hand the ball, Fournette, Fournette, Fournette. And now, you've seen a lot more ability to move the football. And to me, I'm looking at the Cowboys right now and the Cowboys seem lost. I mean, that's the best way for me. I just feel like this is a team that just is searching for an identity and they just don't have it uh, on the field or off of it. So how do you see this one shaking out here? Fantasy wise from the Jags and Cowboys. Ugly. <laughs> that's a good answer. Ugly. Pain. We, go back, we go back to what I talked about at the beginning of the year with these Cowboy games going under the total. Uh, look, the Jaguars, a lot of that stuff last week was garbage. Um, I thought they were going to show up and actually give the Chiefs a run and Bortles, you know, it was bad Bortles and it was really bad. And he threw 60 times and he racked up garbage points and, you know, Keenum racked up garbage points. It just, it was garbage time for quarterbacks last week in the worst way. Um, look, it's a home game for Dallas. So I certainly like them more when they're at home. Uh, the Jaguars being favored by a field goal on the road to me is a little bit scary. And so I've got the game Jacksonville 17, 13, but it wouldn't shock me if the Cowboys found a way to win this game. Um, but if they find a way to win, it's going to be like 16, 13 and they're going to, they're just, their margin of victory is like a field goal. I mean, it's just, they just can't play any other way. And so, you know, that's, um, that's how I see it there. I think that, you know, th this game could be a ton of running, not a lot of passing and a lot of defense and a lot of ugliness. <laughs> All right. Speaking of ugly, how about the Ravens at Titans? This one opened up at Ravens minus two and uh, minus one. Now it's minus two and a half. Totals at 42. I, I think this is uh, from an offensive standpoint. I don't know how much I, because these are two teams like the, the Ravens defense we all know is very good. And that Tennessee defense is a lot tougher than I keep saying it. People give it credit for They're tough. They're tenacious. It's at home. And that offense for Tennessee just, just continues to not look like it's in sync. It's just, they're not able. Mariota's not able to get on the same page with things. And I thought this was going to take a while. I know everybody was excited when LaFleur came in and, new OC and a new look offense and all this stuff. But you know what? It takes time for these things. And, and I know Corey Davis owners and season long are pissed off and all that stuff. But when you're looking at this one, the Ravens are coming off a, a, a tough loss there to Cleveland. After a huge win on the road, they go on the road and, you know, lose to Cleveland, which has got to really stick in their craw. So I imagine they come out fire in this one. Would you agree? Uh, I'm concerned that they're actually going to come up flat. It's um, oh, I think they're going to be a tired again. Wow. I think they're, I think this is the third road game in a row for these guys. And the Titans come back home after a very tough loss, 13, 12 on the road, the Titans at home aren't getting, you know, look, we've seen this, the Titans can w grind these games out and find ways to win. Uh, I, the fact that the, t the Titans are at home underdog in this spot is probably just because they lost to the bills by one point in a, in kind of a fluky game. Um, the ironic thing about this game is I'm, I'm going to give a prediction of 15 to 12 Tennessee. And if you figure out the scoring, it means no touchdowns and all field goals. Mm, there it is. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to lose two games in a row, Baltimore, with the way that defense is played. I like the score, but I like it in reverse personally, but we'll see how that one uh, shapes up. All right. The line star app, you can click on each player and see the results 
for each game along with what they scored and the metrics for the players used in current week projections. You can also sort players by several options, love, hate, salary, projected points, value, salary changes, salary comp, score, alerts, ownership ceiling, everything. We've got it all here on the Line Star app. So make sure you download it today and get rocking and rolling on that. We're going to hit a break. And when Rath and I come back, we're going to talk about some of the big price swings over on DK and FanDuel and some of the ownership too that you need to be aware of. You're listening to the pre-snap. We'll be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at linestarapp.com and start winning. All right, Rath, let's go to some of the big price changes on DraftKings uh, week over week. Plus 800, Thielen, Ebron, Yeldon, A.J. Green, Anderson, and Sanu. Sanu coming off that big game, which we talked about that opportunity for him, and certainly he did follow through with a touchdown last week. Uh, The Yeldon price, I think, is the one where I look at it. And, you know, Thielen, I understand the plus 800 for him because he's been so consistent. But like you said, I'm kind of concerned about the game flow in that one potentially. But Yeldon, I think, is the one guy that you can add price to, and I'm still buying in. Has it gotten to a point where it's a little too much for you? No, because of the landscape of running backs, we just don't have any uh, salary relief at running back right now. And Yeldon is like one of the top guys. So that's why he's in play. Now we could get it. We're probably going to get it with Tevin Coleman, but look, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire when he's gotten the opportunity. Uh, There's also potential with Chris Carson as salary relief at running back. And then also Bilal Powell. So there's not a lot of relief at running back, which is why Yeldon is still in play for me. All right, let's uh, continue on here. Is there anybody in that grouping that you think that plus 800 you're drastically staying away from in this one? Is it AJ Green because of how you think the Steelers are going to go? Yeah, I'm going to lay off AJ Green this week and don't know if I'd go back to Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think he had a huge breakout game, but um, I don't know. I don't know if that was. I know. Uh, it's, I'm in the same way. It's very tempting because you want to say, okay, now they understand this is what they've got to do to kind of help things out. And if Crowell is out even more to the point where they got to do that, but I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm concerned of their ability, not just to take the shots, but actually connect on the shots too. So it may hit, it may not. Right. I agree. I think it's at the plus 800. It's if it stayed flat week over week, <laughs> I think it's much more tempting than if it added 800 uh, cousins plus 700. Then you got Gurley. Uh, Mixon, Diggs, Wilson, McCoy, David Moore, and Mike Davis, all plus 600. I don't care how much you want to charge me for Todd Gurley. It's, it's kind of hard to get me off Gurley this week. But Mixon is another guy, you know, it's got a quiet bump up in salary. But I like Mixon in this one. Who do you like from this plus 600 group that you think is still a good investment regardless of the salary bump? Yeah, Gurley at 10,000. It, it's it's going to be tough this week. I think he's tournament, more tournament play. Uh it's just tough to fit them in with unless we get a couple of things that really pop like the Powell and, and maybe a couple other ones, but Gurley to me uh, more tournament, especially when I told you about, you know, that cheap Colt stack or something like that. Uh, Mixon for sure. Boy, he's looked good when he's been on the field. I mean, he's, he's on the, he's on the cusp. Uh, I remember when David Johnson was just starting to get going and you could just see, Yep. This guy was once he, once the green light goes on and he's off, he's going to be Mixon's going to be a guy that is going to put up some monster games. Um, Well, even in those first two games of the year, when you actually see, you know, it's a difference of when you watch highlights or you get to see actual game film and you watch, there's a couple runs there where somebody trips him up on a string tackle and you're like, Oh man, he hits the hole. He hits the hole with just an explosion that not many guys have. And he's, he's a big guy. So, uh, yeah, I think it's only, it's only a matter of time before Mixon explodes. Yeah, I agree with you on that one there. All right, let's uh, go through the minus guys. Zeke, a $1,400 discount. That's a lot. Is it enough to intrigue you, Raph? I'll tell you what, man. It, it, at 7K in DraftKings, he – You've said all. With all of your grunts, I think you've said all there's where it's – having a couple shares might not be the worst thing because you're getting a great talent at a discount when they have nowhere else for them to go. I feel like he's got floor, but no ceiling. So I agree. I totally cash. agree with that. I think that's, yeah, I could see it being more of a cash game play and just saying to myself, boy, if he can just get a hundred yards rushing, um, that gets him to 13 with the touchdown is 19, but let's say he doesn't get the hundred yard bonus, but he gets some receiving action. 
Uh, it's hard for me at that price. It, it's really hard not to get away, you know, to get away from him. All right. Well, when you look over there too, and you see uh, Tevin Coleman now minus a thousand with Devontae Freeman going to be out of this one, are you ramping him back up in terms of your ownership? In terms of cash, I think when you do your initial builds, you've got to have Yeldon and Coleman in there and then look at whether it's going to be Gurley or McCaffrey. And I think it just depends on where you want to go with the wide receiver position. But if they drop Coleman's price by a thousand bucks, while I'm not the biggest Coleman fan, the fact that, I mean, thousand dollars is a lot. Right. And he, you know, that's a big, big chunk of money that you can distribute to another player, uh, especially another running back. So, you know, very interesting on him. You know, do you go McCaffrey, Mixon, Coleman, or McCaffrey, Mixon, Yeldon? You know, those are some combos I think you want to look at. All right, continuing on this, you got minus 800 for Rivers and Prescott. I don't, yeah, that's a good discount as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you could discount it and stay away from it. Julio minus 600. Look, I mean, at a certain point, look, this Tampa defense is bad. Julio's got to get in the end zone. They keep forcing the ball to him. He's the target volumes all there minus 600. Can I tempt you? Cause I'm tempted. I want in on it. The key is whether you play him in tournaments or cash this week. I think and you play him in tournaments. Cause I think the ownership is still small there. I, I, I honestly think that I'm going to, we may have to do a side bet on that. I, you really, you really think people, I mean, at this point, they're not just so frustrated in tournaments. I understand no. what you're saying is they're nearly, oh. no, they've been firing away on Julio for two years now. I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> firing away. Uh, I mean, look, I fade Julio Jones and DFS like every single week. Um, this may be the week I don't fade them because they did drop the price. The matchup is crazy. And at some point, the explosion game is going to come. Uh, this may be the only time I roster him all year, but it's hard to get away from him. But when you have wide receivers that are projected at 35% ownership, you typically do want to take it easy and fade. So I wouldn't have them on every lineup. Like I know some people have, but I'd probably want to go underweight and still have some 15, 20%. All right. Fair enough. You're over on the FanDuel side, plus 800 for Ebron with all the injuries. That's a tough sell for me. Uh, you got, Plus 600 for uh, Paul Hooper off the big volume game. Uh, Vanette, uh, Yeldon, and Anderson. We already talked about Yeldon. Uh, in this group of the 600 guys, who pops for you? The plus 600 that you'd still think is worth the uh, the uptick. Still got to still got to go with Yeldon, especially. Yeah, I know, agree. Still hard think. to find value on FanDuel, so he's one of them. All right, over at Chester Rogers plus 500, but I still think very value. I mean, on FanDuel, it's it's still a very good price. It's still in the five area. So I mean. You know, until he crosses over into six. Right now, he's fifty-seven hundred. I, I that's that's perfectly fine. You know, you're giving me back-to-back eleven targets. I mean, he's catching eight of them. I, I just I end with the injuries and <laughs> end with that lux propensity to throw the ball. I'm all in there. Cook, Watson, Murray, and Hines all plus five hundred. But we talked about Cook and Murray, and that's just frustrating. Now, are we talking about? Uh, wait, which Cook? Is that uh, Dalvin Cook plus five for him, or is that uh, uh, Jared. Jared Cook? Oh, it's Jared Cook. Okay. Yeah. Um, but looking at this one with Murray with the plus 500, it's, it's hard to get involved. I mean, like you said, you just don't know where or how that, how effective that share is going to be. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Coleman over on the FanDuel side, minus 600 stills and Baldwin minus 500. Do we get lulled into a false sense of security here where we start getting off of Baldwin and then he hits this week is, can you see that happening? Because that's my biggest fear <laughs> after last week. The fact that they target him one time is is alarming. Well, that's what I mean. It's alarming to the sense almost where I'm like, where's the overcorrection? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't that's know. If I, concern. I don't know if I'll have any him this week. I doubt it. I, I don't think I can go back to the well again on him. I, I, I don't either. And that's what scares the hell out of me is that <laughs> because I'd see that one target and I go, oh, how long is that going to stay without him chirping and yelling and screaming yeah. at the, you know, because he's that kind of guy who will go to the OC, go to the coach and go, what the hell you do? And how can I get one target? I got to be a part of this offense. Is why we don't win games. And there was a lot of busted. There was a lot of busted plays in that game. And if you was. see the locket, the locket receptions and the David Moore receptions, it no, was, all, it was Wilson did a good job of finding the right. open guy. And it was yeah. a lot of running. It was a lot of running. And I just, yeah, the way that the game played out, he just wasn't a factor. All right. Cam Newton, seventh on DK, second on FanDuel. These are your quarterback plays. Philip Rivers, ninth on DK, fourth on FanDuel. Uh, Kirk Cousins, second on DK. These are the different price uh, range in terms of the drasticness. 
Yep. Uh, Cousins second on DK, seventh on FanDuel. Andy Dalton fifth on DK, but just tenth on FanDuel. So when we talk about the difference here uh, of these quarterbacks, which one do you think is the 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 difference maker in the difference price? Cam Newton on DraftKings definitely uh, cash game relevant this week, uh, especially at that price and with his floor, it's very hard to get away from him. All right, let's go over to the running backs here. Uh, David Johnson, 11th on DraftKings, just 7th on uh, – oh, excuse me, 7th on FanDuel. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 19th on DK, but he does have that shoulder issue. He's 9th on FanDuel. That's a gi- – I mean, talk about a swing there. And then yeah. if you don't like that one too, Chris Carson, 29th on DK, 14th on FanDuel. Carson's the one for me that I look at, and that pops to me right away. How about you in that grouping? Yeah, for sure. Carson's going to be grossly owned, so he's cash game flex uh, for me. But he's just grossly underpriced on DraftKings, and it, it's certainly viable that he'll he'll be in lineups. All right, Jordan Howard, seventh on DraftKings, eighteenth on FanDuel. But you know, again, from the I don't think you can count on a huge offensive explosion from the Bears. So the whole either way, like to, to having the seventh is not good, and to have him eighteenth, it's kind of like all right. But I just don't know where that, like you said. Maybe a good floor, but what's the ceiling? Chris Thompson, ninth on DraftKings, 22nd on FanDuel. A lot depends on Peterson's health, and I don't know if we're going to have a clear look at that until really game time, potentially. Buck Allen, 18th on DraftKings, 33rd on FanDuel. Uh, of this grouping, what's important? Um, is it Chris Thompson if Peterson is out? Yeah, I think Thompson. Well, Thompson's battling injury, too. Um I don't mind Peterson on DraftKings because of the hundred yard bonus. And if you can pop that, it's an extra three. And if they got to go on the ground uh, with no receiving, I think, you know, I think Thompson and or Peterson are certainly players that you want to look at if these wide receivers are out. All right. On the wide receiver side, you got Fitzgerald 38th on DraftKings, 20th on FanDuel, Lockett 26th on DK, 17th on FanDuel, DeAndre Hopkins, sixth on DraftKings, second on FanDuel. Now, even though he's second on FanDuel, I look, I still look at Hopkins as a guy that I'm willing to, to pay for. And uh, you can, you know, do it pretty easily because I think this week there's some values like Rogers on wide receiver. Uh, and then over on the other side here, you got Mike Evans, third on DK, eighth on FanDuel, 17th for Tyler Boyd on DraftKings, just 22nd on FanDuel. Then Quincy Anunua, 22nd on DK, 31st on FanDuel. These six wide receivers, What's the big swing here where you want to swing with one of these guys at wide receiver because of the difference on like, price? On I, like Lockett, I like Lockett on DraftKings. Uh, you got you to gotta love the price there. Hopkins is interesting with Watson in tournaments. They priced him down because of the Tredavious White matchup. Uh, Evans on FanDuel is almost a lock. Uh, that would be that would be my take. Are you concerned with the ownership there? No. Okay. All right, tight end over here, Niles Paul, 27th on DK, 13th on FanDuel. Eric Swope, 32nd on DraftKings, 14th on FanDuel. Then on the flip side, Cameron Bright, 7th on DK, but 17th on FanDuel. That's the one for me. It's that huge swing where I look at Bright being, what, 4,500 on over on that FanDuel slate, and I just, it's so temp. I mean, the touchdown upside's there. Everything's there. Jeff Swaim, 12th on DK, 23rd on FanDuel. Here's your chance. Give me the Cameron Bright stick. Go ahead. I'm just concerned that if OJ Howard goes, uh, is Braid still going to get, get still going to get looks? That would be my concern. Well, history teaches us as long as Winston's quarterback, the answer is yes, doesn't it? Uh, that's not recency bias. That's uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Cool. But we got to remember that Howard was a rookie last year, and talked for rookie tight ends to really kind of you know. Well, Deshaun Jackson wasn't a rookie, and he still didn't like him either. <laughs> Winston has his favorites. I mean, that's that's. There's no doubt about that. But I definitely see where you're coming from. I think at forty, I think on the Fanduel side, yeah, it, you're yeah, almost like yep. it's like it doesn't cost you to be wrong. No, it's, and you got to find value wherever you can on Fanduel. They don't, you know, it's so that yeah, I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, Defense-wise, Cowboys 17th on DraftKings, 8th on FanDuel. Browns 10th on DK, 22nd on FanDuel. Vikings 1st on DK, but just 4th on FanDuel. I want to talk about the Browns swing here, dude, because I look at that swing and the 22nd on FanDuel for the Browns at home with all the stuff that we talked about. I think this is a a little, a a sneaky little play here. How about you? Love the, love the Browns this week on FanDuel. I mean, just even, even don't mind them on DraftKings 10th, but at 22nd, it's just 
you know, it, it hasn't been optimal to pay up for defense this year because no. of the landscape of offense. But man, you get the really solid defense at home in a very low total game. Uh, you know, fits all the and, and you get them cheap. So that's that's what you look for. All right, these are the quarterbacks uh, that uh, Rath thinks are the chalk. It's Ryan and Winston, obviously in that game, but doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, less than five percent owned. Wilson, Newton, Watson, and Luck. Of these less than five percent, who's your favorite? It seems like you you kind of were digging uh, Newton there, and I was digging Watson from the field. Yeah, Newton for me is more cash game. Uh, Wilson is GPP. Watson is GPP. Luck is GPP. Um, I'm going to go Watson. I'm going to grill. Look at you. Look at us on the same page. I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk about the running backs here. Kamara's gone here from this slate. Uh, Barkley already played Thursday. Zeke has a tough matchup. This is tricky here. I mean, there's a lot of tricky stuff here. So the chalk is CMC, Yeldon, Gordon, Connor, Gurley, Mixon, and Carson. And uh, of those guys, we talked about, you know, Gurley and Mixon a lot and even Carson. So uh, let's go to the less than 10% owned, which is Coleman Powell. If indeed Crowell is out, Peterson, check on that health Heinz and Freeman. I want to talk about Heinz here because this is a guy too, I think who's continuously being productive. And I think has a real opportunity to do that again this week here, Raph. Certainly if he's going to get a lot, you know, with this, with the injury situation that's going on and they're not able to run the football, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy, especially on DraftKings, one point PPR, you know, cheap price can get you into that, you know, 20, 25 point range that you need. Now logic would dictate if we like Cleveland, then maybe Gordon is the fade this week. Is that correct? Yeah. Look, um, I haven't exactly been clairvoyant with the running back fades. I said Zeke a couple weeks ago. I said Connor last week. Look, I, I, you can't just recommend the chalk. And so we got to pick, we got to pick somebody. And the guy that I'm going to pick that is highly owned is just, I think Gordon is in a tough spot. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to go out there and put up a five, but I just don't think that he's in line for a big game based on the spot. And I think the chargers just aren't going to score a lot of points. All right, let's uh, move on to the tight ends here. Tight ends uh, on this Sunday slate. And again, no Gronk, no Kelsey, no Ertz. So no happy. I mean, this is, this is tough here. So the chalk looks like Ebron, but he's not healthy. Hooper is coming off a big game in terms of volume. You got Cameron Brait in this one. Then the less than 10% owns. You got uh, Jared Cook and CJ Uzma and the super sleepers, Paul and Swaim. So uh, you talked about fading Brait. We discussed that already, but let's talk about the rest of these guys here. Do you think that that less than 10% owned between Cook and Uzoma, that there's actually some potential there? Well, Cook has put up a couple of monster games. I know he didn't have a good game last week, but if you think that Seattle and and the Raider game is going to go crazy like I do, there could be a lot of a lot of plays and a lot of points. So I'd I'd be willing to go back to Cook. And as far as U- Uzoma goes, uh, Eifert's out. Looks like Cross could be out, and he's a pretty good athlete. And when they get him the ball and they throw him the ball, he, he does good things with it. So um, this is a brutal week for tight end, and it, it's one of the worst I've ever seen, if not the worst. All right, defense-wise, the Bears, Ravens, and Jags are all chalk. Less than 8% on Cowboys, Texans, Titans, Browns. We talked about the Browns already, but what about the Titans? You know, if you really do believe here and the score that you were tempting out there, are the Titans in play as well? Yeah, because they're at home and it's a low-scoring game and, you know, low ownership, low salary. Uh you know, just trying to give some differentiation uh, in tournaments. I mean, they've been solid all year. So, you know, that's kind of the play there. All right. Over on the uh, tight ends there that uh, potentially uh, when we're looking over, excuse me, no, the defenses too. the Jags are the ones to fade uh, road non-conference game. That's where you've put them out there. So let's go back to the wide receivers and circle back there. The chalk is Julio Evans, Green, Thielen, Boyd, usual suspects here, Brown, Woods, Cup, Hopkins, and Sanu. Less than 10% owned. You got Diggs, you got Cooks, you got Juju, Lockett, and Rodgers. Of the less than 10% owned, who do you think has the opportunity? Is it Juju because you believe in the Steelers this week, or is it Rodgers because of the price? Uh, well, Rodgers is going to be, um, even though he's, you know, I think that number is going to change right now. He's projected at around 8, 9. I think it's going to jump. 
He's more cash for me, but look, if his ownership's going to remain under 20%, you can put him out there in both. Uh, Lockett for me is is both cash and uh, GPP based on price and opportunity. Juju is more uh, GPP coming off of a bad game. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, he rebounds and you get him at low ownership. I don't think they're going to score a ton of points, but I could see him still getting 100 yards and a touchdown. I know I said I wasn't in love with the Rams uh, passing game, but Cook's ownership could be extremely low. And if that game does start to become a shootout and they hit him on a couple of deep balls, um, we did see uh, Robbie Anderson tear them up deep uh, last week. So that was kind of my, my, my play there. Uh, one guy to keep an eye out for is Maurice Harris. You know, I, I, I did talk about David Moore last week, not here, but otherwhere. Um, Maurice Harris could start if Richardson and Crowder don't go, and he's going to be a minimum salary guy. So again, more of a third wide receiver, you know, cheap option, you know, get him on the field and, and could be very interesting. All right. In terms of team ownership, Atlanta and Tampa looking like the leaders this week for sure. Then you got Cincinnati and the Rams. I want to ask you about the Rams here. You know, with some of the concussions there to Cooks and uh, to Cooper Cup, I know it looks like they're going to play probably, but still, do you think maybe that ownership, you know, I mean, everybody loves Gurley. That's fair. But do you think that it means Woods needs to be paid more attention to? Yeah, I think, I think this thing is, you know, I'm not a doctor, but Wait a minute. You mean this whole time you've been lying to me? <laughs> you got to love these people who are all doctors and the fantasy stuff too. Like I'm doctor this and doctor that. Yeah. Or so let me, let me, um, so let me just throw this out to you. And, and again, I don't know. How does the, the altitude in Denver affect somebody that has a concussion? Is that like, I don't know, but I can't right. imagine it being a good thing because that's what I'm a little in the weather and the weather with it being cold, with it being snow. I'm wondering if, you know, look, you know, who else they got Josh Reynolds. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where do they hold these guys out? I mean, I don't know if they need to win this game. Do they hold them out? It, it's it's very interesting. I'd be keep very close tabs on the Rams receiving situation because um, I don't know if these guys are going to play. I don't know. I, I I know they're saying they're good, they're ready to go, but I don't know. It seems a little quick. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that one. On terms of the opposite end of that spectrum. Buffalo, Miami, Tennessee kind of dragging up the rear in terms of ownership with good reason too. I mean, I don't think any of those offenses are any to get involved in, uh, in looking at stacks. We already talked about Tampa and Atlanta, but the Texans Colts and Seahawks all potentially under owned ones. And I would agree with you on this. We already talked about the Texans and Seahawks. If you were going Colts, how would you make that work? Are you doing what luck and Hines or are you doing luck Hines Rogers? You're going to go all three. Well, if Ebron goes, I got to lock him in. So it would be initially, it would be Luck Rogers, Ebron. If Ebron's out, it's probably Luck Rogers, Hines. All right. Fair enough there. Uh, be sure to also check out Ryan Humphrey's week six DFS write up. He gives you ratings for cash and GPP for each pick. It goes out in a newsletter via email, but it's also posted with the projections pages over on the Line Star app and the website. And you can also find uh, Ryan over on Twitter at Nitro DFS. You can follow us too at Fantasy Wrath and at Joe Pizzapia 17. Hope you enjoyed the show as always, and hope you have a very profitable and fun weekend of daily fantasy football. For Michael Rathburn, I'm Joe Pizzapia. That'll do it for the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. And now it's time to set down win. Thanks for listening to the pre-snap podcast with Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizzapia on the Line Star Podcast Network. Have a question? Need more advice? Join the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week. Good luck.